Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 44 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes, and I'm going to toss it off across the screen once again to my co-host and the money man himself, Nick Manella. What's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot, man. What about you? I, uh, you know, I am coming off the birthday weekend. I am now officially old as dirt. Uh, I feel like fucking Andy Green uh, with, <laughs> with running around with you two young bucks. So, uh, yeah, definitely getting up there. But uh, you know, happy to spend some time with the family and the and the GF and the little bro came home for it. So it was nice. Can't complain. There you go. Happy belated birthday. I know uh, I wish you that on the day of. I didn't realize that our birthdays were so close. It's worth in three yeah. weeks. So we're just getting older by the minute. Exactly. And, and then I'm going to toss it off to producer Mac Vogel. What's going on, man? What's going on, guys? Not too much over here. <laughs> just uh, holding down the fort out west. And uh, yeah, I had a long day of work today, but I got off tomorrow. So we're feeling good. There you go. That's what California is all about, taking weekdays off. Anyways, let's get to it. <laughs> so we got a lot to uh, cover. We apologize for the late episode. We had some scheduling conflicts. So although this is technically a Stanley Cup series preview, we are recording this on Monday, September 21st. And the Stanley Cup finals have already started and the stars are up one nothing in the series. We are actually recording this while the first period of Game 2 is going on. So we are going to come at you with all the live updates. It is now 2 to nothing, Tampa Bay. It is? Oh, man. It is. Nick, you're looking like a genius. Uh, so far, so good. Speaking of things that make me look like a genius, can we talk about the new head coach in Washington? <laughs> what a step in Step into my crystal ball. The master plan is now complete. The Washington Capitals have finally hired Peter Laviolette as their next head coach. He's going to be the 19th head coach in team history. Uh, you know, he's obviously got uh, a great track record. Everyone knows that uh, he is the American national team coach as of right now. He took Carolina to the cup final, which they won in 06. He took Philly to the final that they lost in 2011 and took Nashville to the cup final in, what was that, 2017, Harry, I believe? Sorry, I was muted. Yes, 2017. Okay. So I'm so happy that they went with this guy. I mean, I you know, it's no secret that I, I made my prediction or, you know, said that like my wet dream would be for them to hire Laviolette. I'm just, you know, part of me is happy they'd made the right call and then also happy that they almost didn't make the wrong call, if that makes sense. Like hiring Babcock, I think would have been terrible. Uh, I, Mac, I'm sure you're just as excited as I am. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, definitely not. Would have been super pissed about Babcock. That would not have been the right call. But I'm pumped about Laviolette. Um, I think this is definitely the right move. He's a guy that can crack the whip. Um, I think that's definitely somebody that we need in Washington, somebody um, that's a little more strict, uh, kind of like Barry was. I think Todd was a little too buddy-buddy with the guys, as I've mentioned uh, before. It was kind of my impression. But, um yeah, I mean, I got nothing but good things to say about Laviolette. I like his style. I think it's going to be a good choice. I couldn't agree more, and I just I love the little caveat that he is the American coach right now. I, that just gives me such a you know DC hard on with the amount of American players that that team has had. Definitely, and he's uh, he's the second uh, most winningest, however you want to say that, U.S. born coach behind only Tortorella. So wow. I like that English. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I wouldn't have done any better. So, 
Um, yeah, congratulations, Caps fans. You didn't fuck it up and hire Babcock, so I think this is unfortunately a good hire. I still hate all of you, so same old, same old, all is good in the world. Speaking uh, of... Shout, oh, you go. Shout out to Russian Machine real quick for pointing out that this is only like the third Caps coach in the last 20 years to have a full head of hair. Oh my god. You guys like you guys like the bald guys, eh? Exactly. Apparently, wow, yeah. Uh, speaking of new head coaches, the Calgary Flames have removed Jeff Ward's interim tag. Is it Jeff or Geoff? Jeff. Okay. Jeff Ward's interim tag and have named him as their head coach going forward. Ward was 25-15-3 after he took over last season, a record that was eighth best in the league over that span. Uh, not too many thoughts on this. I think the Flames you know, did pretty well down the stretch after going on a rocky start, so... I think we kind of all expected this this was a good move in my opinion i mean he came in took over things were a little bit crazy after the whole bill peters nonsense and he sort of you know stabilized that team got them into the playoffs and i mean they kind of hung in there against dallas they took him to six games so i really like this move for the flames yeah and they hung in there with some injuries too i think that their uh, eventual elimination was no fault of his um, and I think that they recognized that there in Calgary and wanted to uh, kind of give him another shot at things, hopefully with a fully healthy team next time around. Absolutely. And then still remaining out west, the Minnesota Wild have made a lot of noise over the past week. Um, so just to kind of give you guys a brief overview, the Wild signed Jonas Brodeen to a seven-year contract contract extension carrying an AAV of $6 million, not too shabby. Uh, Good deal. Yeah, I do think that's a good deal. They've also uh, been rumored to be actively shopping defenseman Matt Dumba, and their target for him is to get a quote-unquote top six impact center. As we all know, everybody's just dying to give those away, so that should work out well. Um (laughs) The Wild also executed a save at the Buffalo Sabres, which is sending Eric Stahl to Buffalo in exchange for Marcus Johansson, who will be coming to the Wild. And they also completed a deal with the Pittsburgh Penguins, where the Penguins got rid of Nick Bukestad and got back a bag of milk. So, not too shabby. Um, pretty good return, honestly. The Penguins will be retaining 50% of Bukestad's salary, which kind of sucks because he won't even be playing. So, it's basically just paying a welfare check to Bukestad because um, he's always hurt, and they will receive a 2021 seventh-round pick only if Bukestad plays in at least 70 games. <laughs> I don't really want I was, to comment I on that. I was going to ask, do you really think that that's going to happen? Dude, you honestly have a better chance of me suiting up instead of Stamkos for Game 3 than Bukestad playing <laughs> 70 games. How, uh, like, Give me a number. How many games does Bukestad play for the Wild next year? 20. Wow. If you made me take a bet for Bukestad games played, God, if someone has a site that has this, please let me know. It could be minus 10,000, and I would still bet it because it's the when I say lock, it's a <laughs> lock that he ain't playing half the games. It's There's just no way. So, uh, you know, glad the Pens were able to shit him off. And then the last piece of news for the Wild is they announced that they will not be re-signing Miko Cuevu after being with the team for the past 15 straight seasons. So the veteran will be hitting the free agent market. Should be interesting to see. A lot of news up north from the wild. Um, You guys got any quick thoughts just to get the thing rolling? Yeah, I have one. Uh, Knock, knock. 
Who's there? What? Who's there? Three nothing Tampa. <laughs> Let's go, <laughs> Nick. You're looking good. How about you tell the people what your picks were today? So, uh, sure if you so. didn't see on my Instagram story as of, I guess, yesterday, uh, tomorrow, or today, whenever you're listening to this, I picked the wild money line, and I took Hedman to get a point, and uh, he took care of that on their opening goal. So, we're looking good right now. Uh, a lot of hockey left, but they're looking good so far. Yeah. Mac, any thoughts? Um, just back to the wild thing. I think it's interesting that they that we saw um, like a one-for-one deal with Mojo and Eric Stahl. I feel like it's pretty rare these days that you see just a straight-up player-for-player deal, but um, that was one. I, I, thought I thought it was a good move on both ends, honestly. Yeah, I really don't hate that trade at all. I think the wild get a, you know, I would say Mojo's a, a top-six player. Um, you know, definitely second or third line probably, but... Uh, you know, skill guy can move the puck, can produce, he can score. We've seen it uh, firsthand. And I don't hate Eric Stahl going back to the Sabres. You know, that's a team that's doing literally everything in their power, um, albeit questionably, to get back to the playoffs. <laughs> uh, they currently have the longest active playoff drought. And I think a guy like Eric Stahl, who's, I mean, how many, you know, playoff games does that guy have under his belt? Uh, you Quite know, a few. that's. Yeah, that's some experience that they could definitely use there because God knows Jack Eichel can't play every position on the fucking ice. Right. Yeah, I think uh, so Buffalo needs to get a goalie, though, so they're still fucked. Jack Eichel is like that Bugs Bunny cartoon when he's playing baseball and he's, like, running around playing every <laughs> position. <laughs> that's a great analogy. <sighs> Oh, God. Um, all right. Well, enough of the Sabres slander. Moving on. We've got free agent rumblings. We'll go through this quickly. Kyle Clifford is expected to leave the Maple Leafs for the free agent market. I think uh, we all might have seen that coming. I don't know. He said he liked Toronto, but uh, I'm sure he can get a little more money on the open market. Caps GM Brian McClellan said he does not expect Braden Holpe to resign as a capital and expects him to depart to free agency. I think we all know that. We've been saying it for a couple months here now. Um, you guys want to have any quick one-liner farewells to your boy, or you want to save that for a Saturday? Yeah, we'll save it. I, You know, this is something that we both knew was coming, and we have both been saying for, like, I mean, the last, you know, how many episodes? Ten episodes probably by now, and... I think Caps fans as a whole, we, we knew this was coming for about two years. So it sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah, even with the uh, no increase in salary cap, I still think somebody will have enough money to offer him that it'll be well worth his time uh, taking that rather than um, taking the uh, chump change that Washington is probably able to offer him. And uh, perhaps the biggest news regarding the free agent market, captain of the St. Louis Blues, Alex Petrangelo, is basically expected to hit the free agent market after he and the Blues have broken off contract talks for the time being. It's been all over the media that things have not really gotten anywhere in regards to contract progressions between him and the Blues. So who knows what's going to happen there. He's going to get he's going to be the highest paid defenseman in the league, I think, after this free agency's over. Really? I really do. And it's not because I think he's the best defenseman in the league. I just think when you come the Blues are still hot. This year, I know they kind of laid a dud, but like the whole Corona situation, blah, 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 they're still the defending cup champs. He was a monster in that run. I think it's kind of just like the perfect timing with like all these extreme salaries being thrown at guys who are like not proven. And here you have Petrangelo, who is proven. He's not even 30 yet, I don't think. I think he's 29. 
Um, so I think he's going to get a shit ton of money, like upward of 10 mil a year. You know who's kicking themselves right now is the Leafs. They're going, why the fuck did we spend all that money on Tyson Berry when we could have potentially cleared some like cap space for this guy? So, uh, you know, of course, every like good Canadian free agent that pops out there, Leafs Twitter just explodes and it's priceless to watch. But I'm really interested to see Harrison, like you said, where this guy's going to end up. And I do think it's going to be big. I don't know if he'll be the highest paid, but it's definitely going to be a monster deal. Do you guys have any guesses where you think he's going to end up? Before we say that, he is actually 30 years old. I fucked up. So he's in his prime. Is it crazy to, that I could think he could be coming to your neck of the woods, Mac? Um, hmm. I like, could see that. Like, just out west in general, or are you specifically talking about the Kings? No, I think no, the, the Kings. Kings. I think maybe like a Petrangelo-Drew Dowdy tandem, you know, to sort yeah. of right that sinking ship. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, it just depends where the Kings want to take things. I mean, I feel like they're one of the most irrelevant teams right now. Like, who even, like, name, like, name a bunch of, like, good players on the Kings, I dare you. (laughs) Right. They're one of those franchises, though, I feel like they're going to come out of nowhere and people are going to be like, oh, shit. And I, I, granted, this is, I have no proof of this, but I've seen some things on some Facebook sites that I follow regarding NHL rumors that perhaps they might be intrigued by the whole Jack Eichel situation should things completely blow up. If it all blows up, Buffalo ain't going to let him go for nothing. So I'm just saying, but I just like in my like head, I'm like, why would you trade Jack Eichel? And then I'm like, wait a minute. It's Buffalo. That would be the most Buffalo sports move in the world to trade Jack Eichel. Pretty much true. So uh, the last free agent rumbling is Mikhail Granlin of the Nashville Predators is expected to hit the free agent market as well. So um, just a couple Florida. things. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it makes um, sense. Couple trades just to or signings rather just to get you guys caught up. Uh, Montreal acquired Joel Edmondson from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for a 2020 fifth round pick. The Habs then signed Edmondson to a four-year extension with an AAV of 3.5 milli. The Penguins re-signed Jared McCann to a two-year deal with a 2.94 AAV. And the Vegas Golden Knights uh, reportedly have agreed on a five-year extension with goalie Robin Lehner that will be 5 mil per a year. And that Was that already announced or is it going to be announced? I think by now it's gone through. I think they basically had it, you know, like a verbal agreement, and we're just waiting on um, putting the pen to paper. So I would assume it's gone through by now. Yep. So that's basically all the uh, extensions, trades, and signings that have gone on since we last spoke. Uh, Nick, I'll kind of let you take this next topic. So uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. I certainly have, and I feel like a lot of hockey social media should have by now, but... I don't know who's running the Carolina Hurricanes uh, Twitter page, but everyone's like, oh, they're like the funniest fucking Twitter page in the NHL. They like, you know, roast other teams and oh, they're so funny. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but they changed their profile profile picture to the Dallas Stars colors and have been tweeting like hashtag ghost stars after they took a poll for their fans to decide who their fans were rooting for in the cup final. And I think this is absolutely fucking ridiculous. I, this makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> I do think that they are one of the better teams in regards to social media presence. And I know you're a little biased because you've gotten your butt hurt by them two years ago. Um, mm. 
Yeah, sorry to bring that up. But uh, this is questionable. I'm not really sure what the purpose of this is, and it seems kind of weird to me because it does kind of seem like you're, for lack of a better term, to steal another podcast term, tummy sticks, right? So that's kind of what this feels like. Don't really understand it, but their fan base is probably clueless about anything anyway, so this is their way of actually getting them to watch hockey. So. <laughs> Dude, they're just, they're just fucking attention-grabbing at this point. They're just like, oh, pay attention to us, even though we're not in the playoffs right now. Like, Just shut the fuck up for once. Nobody gives a shit about the Hurricanes right now. Oh, shit. You remember Mac how good we ropes? were two years ago? Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Oh, so anyways, oh well. just just a little tidbit there, and then uh, we're going to move on to the obituary segment real quick. So, Nick, we'll start with you. Your obituaries. How will you remember the 2020 Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, sucks to suck. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, they. It, this is a team that I think just ran out of luck. So, you know, you can say they got unlucky last year or – was it last year when they blew it against the Sharks in Game 7? That was last year, right? Yes. Yeah, you could. Round. everyone was saying that's unlucky with the bad call, but like we've said a thousand times, don't give up three goals on a power play. I think, you know, they just ran out of luck here. They ran into a Dallas team that was getting hot at the right time, and they sort of just did not match up well against them. So that's all I have to say about them. Out of luck in Vegas. Sounds familiar. Uh, Mac, you're up. Robin Lanner, man. I I knew he was good last year, but uh, he really took it to a whole other level in this postseason. Um, I think that's a great move with the big re-signing there. Uh, said. So my obituary, this could probably be the title of a porn video, but uh, Robin Lanner cucks MAF with five milli deal. So that's mine. MAF and being Marc-Andre Fleury. Just to remind everyone, that's uh, OnlyFans.com slash Empty Betters. <laughs> I just got a 720 pixel webcam, ladies and gentlemen, so hit me up. Yeah, that's true. Dang. Now I know why you uh, bought that. <laughs> <laughs> and then moving on to our favorite part of the United States, Long Island, the New York Islanders. Nick, how you going to remember these guys? Forget about it. I mean, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, this was like, you know, I, we've said this already to each other, but this was like, I've never rooted harder for a division rival than I have for this Islanders team. And I think we all kind of, you know, we fucking hate playing against them. Lest we forget, this is the team that knocked my team and Max team out of the playoffs handily, just, you know, throttled them. And I still found myself rooting for these guys night in and night out. It was, you know, some of the, just the most impressive hockey to watch and for a a non-hardcore fan it was probably annoying and boring and you know frustrating uh and i think that's part of the reason why i loved it so much like that's what you want your team to go out there on a nightly basis and do is just frustrate the hell out of their opponents so uh sad to see them go but they really made it a lot farther than i think everyone thought they were going to yeah i agree mac how about you yeah man i just just a full team effort uh, on a nightly basis. That was really cool to watch. And I agree with you. I know a lot of people were complaining saying, man, this is boring hockey. And I get it to an extent. But um, to me, like that that overtime game where they force a game six with that Eberly goal, it was a two-to-one final in double OT. I thought that was a very exciting game. Um, I saw Ray Ferraro tweet on 
uh, on Twitter after the game, like, you know, this, a lot of people try to tell me that there are exciting two to one hockey games and this was not one of them. I completely disagree. I thought like, I, you know, goals are great. Don't get me wrong, but I, I thought all their games, uh, were actually really fun to watch. I had a ton of fun rooting for them and, um, yeah, they got a bright future. For sure. And uh, from my obituary, I would say this was Barzell's coming out party. I think everybody knew he was good. I don't think everybody knew he was this good, myself included. I would officially put him in the super... I would use the word superstar for certain. And when you start talking about tiers of superstars, I think you have your tiers of generationals. So for them, I would have Crosby, McDavid, throw some other name, Ovi. Throw a couple other names in there, maybe one or two more. And then right below that is where you have superstars. They're not quite that generational title, but they're like stars of the league. I think he's definitely going to be in that conversation. And he is going to get a lot of offer sheets in the coming months slash year. So should be interesting. Uh, moving on from obituaries, let's get into the Stanley Cup final. Nick, I'm going to toss it off to you for this segment. And then there were two. So we have the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, If you had told me this would have been the cup final at the beginning of the year, I would have told you, well, both of these teams started off pretty fucking shitty. So uh, you're insane. But here we are. Uh, How we got here. Dallas. They ended up beating Calgary in six in their opening round matchup. They beat Colorado in seven. That actually went to overtime in their second round matchup. And then they pretty much walked Vegas in five in the conference finals. I really didn't think the Knights put up that much of a fight against the Stars. And uh, yeah, uh, ended up advancing to the cup final in overtime. For the Bolts, uh, Tampa beat Columbus in that wild series in five. Uh, They beat Boston in five in the second round and then needed six to get it done against the Islanders in the conference finals. Also advancing to the Stanley Cup final in overtime, uh, which is kind of funny. So at first glance, Tampa is looking to become the first preseason Stanley Cup favorite to win it all since the Blackhawks in 2015. Uh, Yeah, 100%. At the beginning of the year, we were saying, you know, it's going to be Tampa or Boston. Pretty much whoever wins the Atlantic probably has the best shot to win the Cup. Uh, They started the regular season slow, which was no secret, and then sort of became around, I would say like December, just exploded into the top offensive team in the NHL. Uh, And this has all sort of been done. All their success has been done without what some people say is their best player. I now disagree with that statement, but their captain, Steven Stamkos. Uh, For the Stars, after their encouraging playoff run in 2019, this veteran team, you know, really, really started off the season bad, to which Harrison and I experienced firsthand because we were basically throwing paychecks on them every week. Bullshit. (laughs) Um, they started the season one seven and one uh and then rick bonus took over the stars in december and they just were sort of this chameleon team that could adapt to playing against everyone they found their offense in a second round series against colorado they scored 28 goals in that seven game series they tightened things up and really just suffocated the golden knights forwards and ended up pushing their way into the cup final uh and yeah their star power, nice, no pun intended, can finally shove it up management's ass if they pull it off. I mean, lest we forget, we are like, <laughs> what, a year away from that profanity-filled rant that their um, 
GM or president or owner had against Ben and Sagan, just ripping them to shreds. They had another one this year. I don't think it had quite as much profanity, but I do think he kind of laid into them at the start of the year when they were struggling. Yeah, it was like two years in a row. I know the one like two years ago, I remember being like, that's really bad. But uh, moving on, let's break down what these teams bring to the table. Uh, First of all, let's go with the first line. So for the stars, Coach Rick Bonus uh, reunited his big three, Ben, Radulov, and Sagan on the top line. Sagan hasn't been great. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen this. I know I have. He's only got two goals in 20 games, but I think Jamie Ben is playing the best hockey of his career, and that includes that year. What was it, like 2014 when he won um, the scoring race, I think? Yeah, with like 86 points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Um, According to Natural Stat Trick, this trio has an expected goals for percentage of 68.75%. Okay, numbers. Um, So not shabby at all. Uh, For Tampa, I mean, is it crazy to say that, you know, both of these teams have top three lines in the NHL? Definitely top five. I think I would have to put both of them in there. Uh, maybe you throw Colorado and Boston in there as well. Uh, Tampa Bay has been rolling out Andre Palat, Braden Point, and Nikita Kucherov, which has been one of, if not the most dominant lines in the entire playoffs. Uh, Tampa's top trio has scored 21 goals, and they've been on the ice for only six against. They're outshooting opponents 193-95, to so you're getting 100 more shots than you're giving up when that top line is on the ice. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Nick, do we owe Braden Point an official apology? We've been pretty hard on him. I, I think so. You uh, think? We, we started off the year, I think, in our demo episode, which I don't think, thank God, has been released. But <laughs> we were saying that he wasn't, what, a top 20 center in the league? Correct. And we I think we had said that a little more than just that demo episode. I think we've mentioned that a lot. So Yeah, so 100% just made us eat it, so... Is Braden, well. Braden Point a top 10 center in the league? Yes or no? I don't need an explanation. I just want your answer. Yes. Yes. Oof. Shit. Yeah. We've come a long way. Exactly. Um, going on with that, the that Tampa top line has an expected goal percentage of 77.78%. Christ. Which is just ridiculous. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on these first lines? Like when you see them go out there, yes, it's like strength against strength, but who do you give the advantage to, and what are some question marks that come to mind when you see these two uh, on the ice? I think that that uh, that Dallas line definitely has the um, physical edge. Uh, however, I, I think that it's not by as much of a margin as you might want to say initially. I know um, probably before this postseason, I didn't really think that um, a guy like Kucherov could really be physical at all, but he's proved me wrong, man. He, he can take hits. He can dish them back. Um, I've been really impressed with his ability to, you know, you don't see too many superstar players with that ability to kind of um, – you know, lay big hits and uh, fight back a little bit when he's when he's getting targeted a little bit too. So um, I like that. I'd give the Dallas line a little bit of a physical edge. Um, I'd probably give the Tampa line a little bit more of a skill edge. But they're both excellent, no doubt. 
I would have to give the advantage to Tampa strictly because, and it's not by much, but as soon as McDavid and McKinnon were out of the playoffs, Braden Point's the best one left. I mean, he's right. He he has played that well, and he's even missed some time too. So um, he he's by far, in my opinion, with the way he's played, the best player left in the playoffs. Um, and you know, if obviously if Nate was still in, I might have a a different opinion, but. Braden Point's proved this all wrong. He is blazing fast. He's like a, I don't know, what am I trying to say? If you take him and Matt Barzell, Matt Barzell can skate in circles unlike anybody. But I almost feel like, you know, Point's straight line speed might just be faster than Barzell's. And he's arguably got a little more craft in his game. I don't really want to, I'm not trying to short Barzell like that. I think he's... In the long run, the better play overall. He plays on a you know defensive system, blah blah blah. But with the way Point has played, he's really making people eat their words. So I would have to give Tampa the edge in the first line strictly because of Point. However, I would say and agree with Mac that Jamie Ben is playing like a man possessed, and I love I love me some gritty ass centers, man. I love when guys who are superstars don't give a shit. They muck it up. They block shots. They spit their teeth out like Jamie. I love that shit. You gotta love. He doesn't wear a visor That's either. exactly I what I was about to that. say. Yeah, like exactly what I was going to say. Uh, you know who, uh, Harry, you know who Braden Point reminds me of is Joe Sackick. Really? Just I was, like, yeah. was going to say St. Louis. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because of the size, yeah, I agree with you. But just like Joe Sackick in the sense of like just such a good skater, I would say he might even be a little bit more agile than Sackick was. Definitely faster because all these kids are fucking blazing now. But a guy with an insane release, too. I mean, you have to respect his shot, and it's not just his playmaking ability. So uh, we saw him get the first goal on the power play tonight, and we've seen him score some huge goals in the playoffs so far for Tampa. I think the question is, he's obviously been banged up. He was in and out of that Islanders series. I would expect him to play every game in the cup final because you've made it this far now, you know, sort of what do you have to lose mentality. Do you guys think he can stay healthy throughout the duration of the series? I mean, I guess, like, honestly, short of him legitimately contracting corona and being put on a ventilator, I don't think he's going to sit out. Like, <laughs> I, 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 this is Tampa's time, and, you know, we'll, we'll say that in our predictions, but Tampa's due, man. This has got to be it for them. I mean, there is, there is not a lot of time left with this window and this core of players that you have, and it is a large core. When you say core, most teams have four or five players. They have, like, eight. So, yeah, this is it for them. And I think he will stay healthy, and I think he will play every game. Yeah, and I think tonight, too, was a big test for for the Bolts, whether they were going to, you know, come out kind of afraid that they lost game one and start getting themselves into a hole um, or, or what we're seeing tonight where they're they're kind of coming out angry and they're they're taking control of game two right away. So um, should be interesting to see how this one plays out. For sure. Uh, let's move on to the remaining forwards, uh, covering forward depth. Let's start with the Stars. Um, they have two streaking players on their second line, Dennis Gurianov, who I have jerked off a couple times, and Joe Pavelski, uh, who each have nine goals. That's huge for Pavelski. I mean, we ripped on him, Harry and I, like throughout the regular season. I think he was like on our yeah. first liner, fourth liner, who's hot, who's not. He was at the bottom of both of those segments for multiple weeks. Uh, as the season rolled on. 
Uh, you know, he had scored just 14 goals all regular season. He's got nine in the postseason. That's big. Um, Gurianov obviously scored the overtime winner to knock off the Knights. Um, after 1,030 career games, Pavelski is hungry for his first Stanley Cup. Uh, the Stars have a bunch of opportunistic sort of up-and-coming guys. This Yol Kivaranta is just having a playoffs to remember. Um, definitely, you know, whether the Stars win this or lose this is definitely going to be remembered as sort of the unsung hero of this postseason. And Rupe Hintz, I mean, just continues to look great, I think. is just one of the guys that can play anywhere on that lineup and can contribute anywhere in that lineup. You know, third line, second line, you know, he could probably play on the first line if he wanted to. Um, just is a, a complete gamer and got, had definitely has some grit to him, too. I think people don't give him enough credit for that. For Tampa, the um, their second line of Sorelli, Johnson, and Kalorn uh, can basically wake up at any time and produce as well as any other second line in the league. They've looked iffy over the last couple games, uh, you know, sort of been hit or miss, um, but they've been on the ice for just one goal and, you know, one goal for and six against. So not ideal for them, although Sorelli ended up scoring the overtime winner to knock off the Islanders. Uh, Tampa's third line is much improved. Uh, they have their trade line, trade deadline acquisitions of Blake Coleman, Barclay Goodrow, flanked by Yanni Gord. Uh, they've been especially good, uh, outscoring teams 10 to 5, and they've played a really, really physical game. Uh, Tampa typically has been dressing 11 forwards and 7 defensemen over the last couple days, and obviously we can't, you know, mention Tampa forward depth without talking about Steven Stamkos. He's still a possibility. Allegedly, he was skating today and was considered for game two, which is tonight. But ultimately, the coaching staff and Stamkos decided that tonight wasn't the night to go ahead with it. In terms of forward depth, where would you guys give the advantage? And is there anyone who sort of jumps out to you as like that X factor who could really break the series wide open? Uh I'll go first. So as far as depth goes, it's it's pretty damn even. And I hate to say that because I'm, you know, I'm one of those people who when I watch sports talk or sports radio or whatever and someone gives a non-opinion opinion, I hate that shit because they actually ask for the opinion. So in wokeness of me actually trying to contribute to Nick's question and not being a member of ESPN who just gives no answers, I'm going to say Tampa has a slight edge. Simply because I just, they have grinders who can also score. And I th- even though Shirelli has been on that second line, it's been very obvious throughout his career, he's not exactly known as a scorer, even though he's got you know hell of a resume with overtime. But he's a two-way guy. They've got a lot of those. Palat plays both ways really well. Whereas with, with Dallas, their grinders are more of defensive-minded, they're not going to score as much, which is fine. I mean, they're in the Stanley Cup Final for a reason, but I'm going to have to give it to Tampa with a slight edge. As far as X-Factor, I feel like, don't ask me why, but no one's been talking about this guy. He had a big goal last year in St. Louis's run. You got to think Pat Maroon's going to wake up here eventually, right? You got to think that he's going to have a game-changing hit, a big fight, some type of like nasty overtime game three goal. Hopefully I'm speaking into the future and we can repost this as a clip when he scores a game three OT winner or something. So I'm going to have to say Pat Maroon. I think 
He's going to be my X factor. He hasn't made a whole lot of noise, but I do expect him and his big body to show up with just a few games remaining, and they're going to leave it all out there. Yeah, I love everything that Harrison just said. I definitely would give the depth edge slightly, ever so slightly, um, to Tampa, and I think that's mostly because of their trade deadline acquisitions. Um, we've talked a, a lot about um, them kind of adding that depth with Maroon, with uh, Goudreau, um, and with Coleman. Um, that's not to say that Dallas doesn't have the depth. They certainly do. But, um, you know, once again, like Harrison said, if I had to give an answer, I'd probably give it to Tampa. As far as X Factor for me, um, you know, I I wonder if we're going to see a guy like Matthias Janmark for the Stars start to contribute a little more in this cup final. I don't believe he has scored a goal in this postseason, but he's got like six or seven assists. Um, so, you know, he's, he's been there, but he just hasn't found the back of the net. Um, something else, uh, that may seem like kind of minor to a lot of people, but I actually think it's going to play a big role. Um, I think the stars need Fox up back. Um, I think he got injured. I can't remember when it was, but, um, I know he's scratched tonight. Um, I don't think he played in game one either. Could be wrong about that. But either way, I've liked his play, um, Radic Faxa, throughout the postseason. And um, I think that hopefully they can get him back. Um, and if so, he might be able to make a big difference for them too. You are correct. Ian Mark has not scored in this playoffs. Right? Doesn't real- that seem weird? I'm sorry? Doesn't that seem a little weird? It does, because, I mean, I think he's been playing pretty well. I mean, he's definitely been out there mixing it up, and he's contributed Apple-wise. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. I, You know, I completely agree with you. I wouldn't be shocked if he got his first of the playoffs in the cup final. I feel like, you know, we're at a position where third liners could really take over here. I mean, I'm yeah. looking at a guy like Yanni Gord who could really just wake up and score a big goal. I mean, whether that's in overtime or in regulation, I mean, these – Top trios, I'm I'm sure, are just going to be good. Yeah, exactly, going right. at each other. So, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I mean, uh, cough, cough, live bet, overtime. You know, throw the juice on one of those guys. Definitely Sorelli, though, for sure. If it goes to overtime. And as we're about to move into the defensive core and talking about X factors, I will say Jamie Alexiak has looked pretty good this series, and he's got a sneaky wrist shot that he never showed in Pittsburgh. So thanks for nothing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like you said, moving into defense. So I feel like this is where, you know, if you're a Stars fan, this is where you sort of like spit in your hand and like, you know, pull your pants down. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> the Stars, uh, two right side defensemen, John Klingberg and Miro Haskinen have been spectacular. That's no secret. And these are two of the best defensemen in the NHL. I think you could probably say that they're two of the top 20 maybe 15, maybe even top 10 defensemen in the NHL on the same team. I've been jerking off Haskinen since day one. He's a legitimate Conn Smythe Trophy candidate, averaging 25 minutes a game with 22 points in 21 games. That's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Dallas really, really clamped down defensively against Vegas. I think we sort of saw them match Colorado um, in scoring, in firepower. I mean, those games were like five to three six to four you know six to five like it was just wide open fire wagon hockey uh 
they're, though they did clamp down against Vegas, the analytics, if you want to be a nerd, suggests that their defense actually took a step back compared to the regular season. Um, the Stars' expected goals against per 60 minutes at even strength has gone from 2.33 to 2.49 in the postseason. I would 100% just attribute that to the run-and-gun style they had to play against Colorado, and I wouldn't take that into too much consideration. This defense core is solid. It's big. The only issue I see for them is that they sort of run out of steam with that sixth defenseman. They sort of have been dipping into their black aces, if you will. Um, You know, young guys, rookies, not too battle-tested coming in. Not to say that that's a bad thing because they've got young legs and fresh legs, but it's definitely something to keep your eye on. Uh, For Tampa, I'm not going to say anything other than Victor Hedman. I mean, that guy has been an absolute workhorse this summer averaging 26 and a half minutes of ice time per game while scoring nine goals, the most of any defenseman in a single playoff since Brian Leach, if you've ever heard that name before, you know, once or twice. I mean, he was okay, right? Yeah, he made it out all right, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, just wasn't the best offensive defenseman in the NHL for, like, a decade. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the Lightning... Their expected goals against per 60 minutes has gone down. Uh, Numbers-wise, check this out. It's gone down from 2.46 to 1.66, according to Natural Stat Trick. That is absolutely ridiculous. Big shift. You know, for a team that's that good offensively, to be that good defensively is really, really scary. Um, And like I mentioned with Dallas having to dip into their Black Aces pool, Tampa really has the edge in that third pair. And like I mentioned earlier, they've been dressing seven defensemen. So I think their depth down on sort of that last defensive pairing can really give them the edge here. What do you guys think? I'm still going to give the edge to Dallas just based on, you know, the facts that you said that made you spit in your hand and pull down your pants and we don't want to know the rest. But, um, <laughs> I, I mean, Hedman is the best defenseman in the series. He's the best defenseman in the league. So, of course, he's the best defenseman in the series. But I will give the slight edge to Dallas, and I think I mentioned this already, but Alexiak's looked pretty decent, which I think is surprising. I love the way Lindell's game has progressed, and obviously you mentioned the two big guns, Klingberg and Klingberg and Haskinen. And then that bottom six, I mean, Sakara's kind of been in there pretty steadily, but they've rotated. I think Joel Hanley is the black ace that they're playing tonight, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's a no-name, right? So, obviously, I think Tampa has the the better bottom pairing, and they can reach a little deeper, like you said. But I do have to say that the Stars' top four is just a little bit more impressive to me, and they've kind of proven it through the playoffs. They can hold teams. I know Tampa has two, but, I mean, Columbus put up a number a couple of times on Tampa. Dallas has been pretty steady throughout, and when they did give up a number, it was to, you know, the freaking avalanche. So, I'm going to say Dallas has a slight edge not by much, but I still will give them the edge. And I'm going to go ahead and actually give the very, very, very slight edge to Tampa. Um, however, I would say that on paper, um, I think that the Dallas D takes it. I think you look at these guys, they have more players that are kind of in their prime or like just coming into their prime with the young Heiskanen um, and obviously Klingberg. But um 
you know, you look at the Lightning D on paper and you're like, okay, Ryan McDonough, Kevin Shattenkirk, come on, these guys are, are kind of past their prime. They've been trying to find a team that's going to win them a cup um, for how long now? But these are guys that have actually, I mean, you look at a dude like Kevin Shattenkirk, he's been an absolute beast this postseason. And like, if somebody would have told me that would have happened before this postseason began, I would have said no fucking way. Like Shattenkirk is going to be a boss for them, but he has been, he's got a goal tonight too. Um, yeah, he has the third one tonight. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I, I definitely think it gets a little interesting with the, the, um, like fifth and sixth and sometimes seventh D men that he, both these teams have been using. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I had absolutely no fucking clue who Joel Hanley was when he scored, <laughs> when he scored that goal in game one, I was like, excuse me. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, good for him. But, uh, yeah, I think on paper Dallas, but I've liked the way that the lightning defensive unit has played as a whole. I think they've gotten lots of contribution from guys that they really needed to see um, still being able to contribute. Um, So, yeah, that's my answer. Absolutely. I love what you said about Hanley. I'm like, wait, who? And I'm like, you know, I feel like one of those old guys at a baseball game, like looking down my little stat card to fill it out. But uh, let's move on to goaltending. I feel like this is really where it gets interesting. So, Dallas, uh, Dobie, 34 years old, never really been the number one goaltender in, you know, whatever role he's had. He's been in the league for 11 years, uh, but with Bishop injured, he rises to the occasion. He wins the starting job. I mean, I'm assuming Bishop is like healthy now and they're just not even going to entertain putting him back in the crease, I think is what happened. Uh, and I don't blame him at all. I I, I wouldn't either. I don't know. I, th- I think he might be, uh, ailing still because he's not even on the bench for them they still got uh oh, okay. or whatever but yeah oh right 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 uh so jake's on the bench then Dude, just shut up <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh in the conference finals against vegas he posts a 9-5-0 save percentage that's just ridiculous um his numbers are slightly lesser than vazzy's this summer but still impressive overall in the postseason he has a 921 save percentage and a 214 gaa and one shutout that's you know if you know anything about goalie numbers that's like right in the sweet spot that's right where you want it to be that is solid solid goaltending numbers right there and then you bounce over to tampa so Vassy has been like the oddball goalie this year that has sort of like played every game for his team. Whereas like, I feel like we saw everyone else going with like that two goalie system. So he's the reigning Vesna trophy winner and he's up for the award again this year. Uh, the 26 year old leads all goalies this summer with 14 wins and just five losses along with get ready for this. A nine three one save percentage and a one eight two GAA. That's fucking absurd. Jesus Christ! You, you that is. What was his record? He he's fourteen and five. So in nineteen games played in a post Corona apocalypse league, he's put up a what GAA? One point. He he has put up a one eight two GAA and a nine three one save percentage. Yeah, he needs to be drug tested. That's a little. Uh, <laughs> That's absurd. I mean, props to him, dude. I mean, I know the Lightning are stacked, but that is that's an insane stat line for having virtually no breaks in play when you're playing in the Corona Cup, basically. 
and you come back from a three-month, four-month layoff, and you just get right at it. You get one, two preseason games, and then you're right in the mix. I mean, that's that's impressive. And to be honest, the only game, at least to me, the only game all postseason that I've even thought he looked a little shaky was this most recent game one against Dallas. Um, I thought he let in one. Uh, There's one particular, like, through the arm that I was kind of like, eh, that's not great. But um, he appears to be bouncing back tonight so far, at least, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on from goaltending, we'll get into coaching. Uh, this is the first time in Stanley Cup history that a head coach is facing off against one of his former assistants in the Stanley Cup final. I'm honestly a little bit surprised that that's never happened before. Very surprised by that. Uh, but Rick Bonus spent five years on Tampa's bench under John Cooper before he left in 2018. Uh, bonus is basically like a lifelong NHL guy who is looking for, you know, maybe his last shot at glory here before he, uh, retires. I believe he is the oldest head coach in the league at 65. So, uh, you know, he came in this year and he really sort of righted the ship for these guys, uh, after they got rid of Montgomery, uh, was able to stabilize them, help them adapt to playing different ways and got them this far. Uh, so, I mean, you know, just a tremendous achievement uh, in itself. For Tampa, Cooper's always going to be, uh, you know, one of those player coaches that sort of has the reputation as like a good regular season coach until they get to the postseason and they run into someone who, I don't know, it, you know, you could go back and say it's the Caps or the next year you could say it was the Blue Jackets. But, you know, whatever it is, there's always something that gets in their way. Can I so, say something politely? Yeah. Fuck John yeah. Cooper. <laughs> I, I I said this a couple episodes ago. I don't think he's a very good coach, but... I don't like him. I don't like his attitude. Yeah. I don't like his demeanor. Not a big fan. Never have been. Don't like him. Yeah, I want to add to I'm, that. Um, I, I, this is not fair for me to say, because I obviously don't know Rick Bonus or John Cooper on a personal level, but can I just say that John Cooper just comes off as like the biggest douchebag i've ever like come across retweet meanwhile rick (laughs) bonus like i don't know if there's anyone i would rather go get a beer with this dude just seems like the the fucking man he's got a great name first of all rick bonus like that's just and he's (laughs) he's 65 and he's still rocking the fucking mullet dude when he was jumping up and down on bench i was just like i'm so fucking happy for this guy like i love him i i have no reason to but i love him yeah Cooper just gives me such like prep school locker room lax bro giving 100%. a freshman yes. and a swirly like in the toilet vibe. Fucking yeah. locker boxing or some dumb shit. Yeah. He's yeah. that guy. Well, anyways, uh, so I feel like you can't really give one side the advantage here because they both know each other so fucking well. So. Advantage Dallas, done. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's just say let's just say advantage Dallas because we don't like the other. Guys. I mean, for a guy um, that started halfway through the fucking season, they're in the Cup final. Way to go, buddy! Yeah, so I mean, kudos to him. Uh, let's wrap up this breakdown with special teams. Dallas has the fifth best power play this summer at a twenty-seven point three percent. That's great. Um, that was also one of their strengths during the regular season. And they also have the ninth best penalty kill at 83.3%, which I think might take a beating against Tampa here. But, I mean, that's definitely a number that you need going into uh, a a series with a team that can be as explosive as the Lightning can. And for the Bolts, their power play has been in a a little bit of a funk 
uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, they were 0 for 5 in their last game uh, that was going into game one of this series. Overall, the Lightning are 12th in the man advantage this summer at 17.9%. Definitely not what you would expect for a, a roster like that, especially a first power play unit like that. And they're also 8th best on the penalty kill. So I'd say PKs are about even. The Lightning come in at 83.6%, um, and the Bolt, or and the, the Stars are at an 83.3%. So really, you know, not much difference there. Uh, I think the key here is going to be, can that Tampa power play wake up? Yeah, and it looks like they have so far tonight with two power play goals. I think they had three power plays in the third period in game one and were able to do uh, nothing with that. Um, so if you're a Bolts fan, it's definitely good to see them get two power play goals to start off tonight. Yeah, I mean, they're way they're way too skilled to not be executed on the power play. That pretty much is the most generic thing I think I've ever said on this podcast. So um, I don't really have much more thoughts other than that. One note I do want to add, just going back to the coaching, should the Dallas Stars win, that would mean three of the last four Stanley Cup winning head coaches were midseason hires, Barry Trotz being the exception. Wow. Yeah, the new formula. I mean, it's, yeah, like seriously, I was going to say it seems to be the trend that, like, you know, you get hired midseason and, you know, maybe not even go on to, you know, into the finals or to win the Cup, but we've seen this, you know, for a while now. Guys are able to come in and just sort of, shuffle everything up get guys to buy in and you know maybe go on a playoff run for a team that was on the bubble before that so uh i think there's definitely something to that no doubt all righty well that's the breakdown that was some pretty in-depth you know above the shoulders you know mustardy number bullshit but what are your guys predictions on this series harry let's start with you uh how does this series end and who hoists the big silver trophy so obviously we we're all going to give our picks based on what we thought before the series started. So um, you might see this as a trend, but Lightning in six is my pick. I think I explained it earlier in the show, but the the Lightning are just due. This is this is their time. They don't have much more time to waste. They've been here before. They came oh so well. I shouldn't say oh so close because the Blackhawks kind of handled them pretty easily, but. They've been here before. They fucked up. They probably have learned their lesson. They still got a lot of core pieces that were in that cup run in 2015 that are still here. I think the Lightning get it done. They are very due. And you know what? I just I think Victor Hedman is so fucking good, and it would be a real shame if he never won a Stanley Cup before it's all said and done because I really do think he'll go down as one of the best defensemen of all time. So, yeah, I'm going to go Lightning in six. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I also said Lightning and Six initially. After game one, I was kind of like, man, was I wrong? I don't know. Maybe Dallas can actually handle these guys. I, I think I'm I think I'm think sticking with it. Lightning and Six. Um, seems like they're cleaning up their act a bit tonight. And, um, yeah, I, I think everything Harrison said, I echo. It's Bolt's year. It just feels like, you know, there's nothing stopping them this time. Dallas is a good team, don't get me wrong, but – um, that's why I think they'll they'll at least win one more of these, but uh, ultimately, Bolts are going to host the greatest trophy in sports. Uh, yeah, Bolts and Six, that's all I really have to say about that. I just think, you know, you guys pretty much nailed it. Uh, I think this team is just too loaded and has been under the microscope for too long to let this one slip away. They're, I think they're in kill mode. Uh, my question to you guys I was thinking about this the other day um, when I was on the treadmill. Uh, 
is Stamkos going to get his name on the cup if they win? Because as far as I remember, you have to play at least 41 games. Yeah, you got to play one game in the postseason. In the final. In the final? To win it. To have your name on it, I think. You're right. You're right. I remember this this happened when the Penguins won. I can't remember who it was, but someone got cucked. Damn, would that suck or what? I do kind of think he's going to play a game, though, in the finals. I I do think he's going to play. Yeah. And, like, call me crazy, but I think even if he's, like, 30% healthy, that's why he's going to play the game. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, shit, they'll probably just coke him up on something. He won't feel a thing for two hours, and he'll just die the next day. Six seconds time on ice, like. (laughs) Right. Hey, him on the power play on the at the OV spot at twenty percent health with a broken tibia Could is better than whatever else they're gonna throw out there. Could probably still pull Seriously. one of the back on that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so So uh, just you know, something to keep your eye on, but like I said, Tampa and six, like you guys said, Tampa and six, so I think we're all in agreement in the way that this one is gonna end up. So I think that means one of two things. It's either gonna come true or it's literally gonna look like a wet bag of dog poop. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm excited to see where this one ends up. It you know it's sort of like that bittersweet moment of the season now that we only have two teams left. But uh, you know I I have a feeling this is going to be a really really good Cup final. So I'm excited to see that the way that this plays out. That's all we can ask for at this point. Honestly, I just want to see a good series. Last thing I want to add: if the Lightning do win and Stamkos doesn't play, he is officially the Carson Wentz of the NHL. That's my take. Well said. So, <laughs> well said. Um, worst place to be in. I actually, and I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but Nick, I think you'll appreciate this. So, so, I can't remember who told it to me, but Carson Wentz is like the perfect, perfect Philadelphia sports figure. He's just good enough where you want to love him, but he's just bad enough where he didn't win you the championship, and you like have to acknowledge that, where you're like, oh shit, we got to boo him. And then Philly, sure, but, sh- for sure shit, they put a booing sta- like audio in, yeah. the, in the stadium on week two, so I thought that was pretty yes. funny. It's like literally leave it to Philly to just tear the poor guy to pieces. And he's like but, the nicest dude on the planet. Yeah. yeah. But it's Philly sports fan, so it's like, you know, it's like trying to teach a monkey rocket science. Like, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Like, trying to trying to talk sense into a Philly sports fan, like, I mean, just... Doesn't work. Just, yeah. just give up. You could get your PhD in the time that it would take, so... Or you could get a PhD in that and you could be famous. Um, right. <laughs> those are my last thoughts. I really hesitate to ask this, but any last thoughts from you guys? Uh, I don't think I have any. Uh, you know, a bunch of the awards were announced uh, this afternoon, but with the amount of stuff that we had on our plate today, I think we are going to cover that on the next episode. So stay tuned for that. There's going to be some highly contentious I think takes given out uh, it, in in wake of uh, the hatchet job that was handed down today. So um, yeah, what the yeah, fuck? stay tuned for if that. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well said. Uh, that's all I have as far as uh, you know. Final notes. All good over here. All right. Well, that will do it for us for episode forty-four. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the support. And thank you for listening. And without further ado, class dismissed.